Welcome to More Than A Game, a podcast dedicated to the Premier League, the A-League and more. Uh, my name's Colby. Uh, I'm joined today by Tommy. How are you going, mate? I'm well. I'm well. How are you? And we're back. We're back again after two hours uh, ago where we were recording our end of season preview, end of season review rather, for the Premier League. Uh, and now we're back to record our end of season review for the A-League. Uh, Me- Megapod day. Megapod day. Tommy, how's the body holding up? You've, you've had your first game of football back today. You were seizing up before. How, <laughs> how's it going? You were doing some stretches in between the pods. Mate, the um, uh, the, the body's holding up not too bad at the moment, but I sense that um, as the as the day cools off, I'm, I think I could cramp up a little bit. So I've got the legs up at the moment, stretching out. Keep them warm. Getting myself nice and comfortable. So, yeah, ready for the pod. Lots to cover on the uh, on the podcast today. Um, we'll be we'll be taking a look back uh, at the A League season overall. Um, then we'll be doing uh, a review of each team's season. Uh, and because the grand finals on tonight, we're recording this uh, Sunday afternoon before the grand final. So we'll also do a little recap of the grand final as well. Uh, so just a little bit of background, a little bit of an overview of the season. Um, we've had new coaches uh, stepping up massively in Rudan, uh, Corica, and sort of you know first season coaches. Uh, new generation of coaches coming through. Next it? gen coming mm. through, uh, and then we've got uh, the old popper, the popper factor coming <laughs> coming into Perth and just turning them around and and just turning them into to uh, a proper football team again. Fingers crossed, a championship winning team. Ooh, don't jinx them. Oh! <laughs> uh, and uh, and you've had Rudan coming in and making Wellington a force again uh, in the league. I didn't think anyone expected they would do so well. Not at all. Or that Rudin would do so well. On the other end of the spectrum, you've had uh, the season from hell at the Raw with uh, Aloisi out and almost all of the senior players either left out or, or injured. Um, you've had active groups disbanding, uh, the Den, the Melburnians. Uh, you've had fluctuating crowds at nomadic Sydney clubs, um, as well as forgettable over-policing incidents, which just highlighted long-standing attitudes towards football fans. Um, plenty of emerging young talents this season. Dylan Wenzel-Halls, Joick. Uh, you've, you've got... Uh, <laughs> not, not all football talents either. <laughs> the, 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 you know, on-field talents, off-field talents. Uh, you've had early season VAR meltdowns, followed by, um, you know, a sort of tampering of, of the application of VAR later in the season. We sort of got, got to grips with it towards the end. Starting to work. After it? some, as after as some early season hysterics. Uh, <laughs> and looking ahead to next season, um, you know, we finally got uh, expansion that we all wanted with Western United, uh, assembling a quality team for next season, followed by the newly named and badged MacArthur or MacArthur uh, <laughs> FC uh, for the season after. Um, and, I don't know why I found that so funny. And although uh, the timeline for change, I'm delirious here. Sorry. <laughs> although the timeline for change is extremely tight, uh, it, it is still planned uh, that we might have an independent A League uh, from 2019-20. I don't see how that's going to happen, but um, it you know it's it's Please been talked about. Please don't rush this and butcher it, guys. Well, it would be very A League areas. It would wouldn't it? Um, plenty more highlights in the season overall, though. Uh, and why don't we take a quick look back at those in a bit more detail now. Yeah. And now Goodwin on his right side! 
too far in front of Wenzel Hall, still with it. Wenzel Hall, oh! How about that for a finish? Dylan Wenzel Hall's with an absolute screamer. Dimi Petratos, oh, that is magnificent for Dimi Petratos. Pick that one out. Oh, hang on. Donovan was fouled. Oh, Donovan fouled in the box. Oh, he saved it. And Georgievski on the follow-up. Can you write this script? Mascots are sitting back, parking the bus, playing for a nil all draw net. It's bad, Matthew, to be honest. It's fucked. Floated in, there's a chance here. Oh, that is a stunning, stunning goal by Eric Bojack. That's one of the goals of the season. And Toyman and one on one. Right foot finish. Oh, my word. The poise of the Swede. Can he win it? No. <laughs> well, this is just ridiculous. Lovely ball. Yeah, plenty, plenty going on there. A um, lot of, lot of big moments in this season, Tommy. Um, what, what in particular stood out for you, or general, general thoughts on the season overall? It was a couple. Uh, two, two were quite recent. One of them uh, was, I guess, the the whole ongoing saga between Joyce and uh, most of the Melbourne uh, City fans. What the, the few of them that there are falling out of love with, uh, with Warren Joyce. Uh, the other recent one was victory getting spanked in the finals. That was that was all time, and I think a lot of people, um, other than victory fans, really enjoyed that. That was satisfying. Um, and another victory uh, incident from this season was it's fact. That was um, that was another one that I really enjoyed, and I think everyone kind of got around that. Um, sort of uh, races done to tones, but um, yeah, still still was uh, a good laugh, and everyone sort of. Um, was able to, I guess, enjoy it for what it was, a little bit of uh, an innocent moment. Big lols. Yep. Uh, like, yeah, there was there was so much like great A-League stuff this season, right? Like you had Bolt coming into the Mariners at the start <laughs> of the season, which was an absolute circus at the time, but especially in hindsight. Uh, and then you've got Joey C, who we mentioned before. <laughs> Joey giving a, a performance outside of McDonald Jones Stadium attended by like a prox 30, 16-year-olds. And then you had Laurie McKinnon get up and get in like with this big gangster necklace and like take the mic as well. And um, Only the A-League, only the A-League. You had you had the uh, the Brisbane Raw A-League boil over that we seem to get every season now with the Aloisis trying to fight the Adelaide coaching staff and... <laughs> You've had the the bloke in the Mariners game in the uh, I think it was a, like a Wallabies or a Cricket Australia shirt in crutches like getting on and then and then like trying to kick on with the security guards <laughs> after. Um, oh, there was just there was a few this season. So with the many Mariners, moments, wasn't there? yeah. Like, oh, especially the Mariners. Yeah, like what was it? They had that incident where like the goals broke, um, and then they had yeah. I think you've already mentioned the one about the. Um, the uh, the guy who was having some mobility difficulties uh, who invaded the pitch. Um, sad, another sad season though for for the Mariners. Still a bit of a joke, um, I guess, on the pitch. Absolutely, uh, and off as well. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, there, there's just there's been so much, uh, so many, so many fun times. Um, Janjevic <laughs> going for various wonders. Um, Wenzel, Wenzel, going, Halls, uh... Wenzel Halls stroking Ryan Grant's mullet. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's uh, 
I sometimes feel like the A-League only exists for memes and just like those laugh, like laugh-a-minute moments. Matt Simon doing Matt Simon things, calling the ref a dog and like getting <laughs> sent off. Uh, it was, yeah, just incredible stuff. Um, goals. Uh, plenty of good goals scored this season too. And that's something that often gets underappreciated in the A-League. Like there are moments of, um, of real quality goals. Beyond um, the bands, sometimes there's actually football. Sometimes there's actual the- good football played. <laughs> um, who would have thought it? Uh, Tommy, what was what what stood out for you in in terms of the goals? Any sort of uh, coming to mind? Two uh, two that really stood out for me that I really enjoyed this season were both from the same team, and in fact, both from the same player. Uh, both were Eric Botiak efforts. Uh, the first of which was uh, that chest and bicycle uh, against the Mariners, which yeah, that was that was all time. Like that was that was delicious. The second one was a little bit more recent. Uh, I think it was the final round, it might have been, uh, where uh, Eric Botiak again, uh, this time tried the Penenka, but um, it wasn't really a Penenka. He did not a... mean that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, whether he means it, whether he doesn't mean it, it doesn't matter. It was still bizarre. It was like and the awesome streakiest penalty. Quantity. If you want to see a Penenka, like, <laughs> look at what Goodwin did. That's how you do a Penenka, like. Come on. It still was, like I said, equal parts ridiculous and amazing. Oh, <laughs> Look, I had Botak in my goals of the season. For the um, chest and bicycle? Because that was amazing. The chest it? and bicycle was brilliant. And in that same game... Do you think that could make like uh, Puskas Awards? Or it, a bicycle kick's not enough now? Like, it has to be I like don't know if it's enough now. Like, like yeah, the, the, you know, if, 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 if Riley's scorpion kick in a grand final was what it took to get in the nominations, then... Yeah, it didn't even win it, did it? Yeah, so maybe that's the, mm. the standard. I don't know. Um, Alex Lopez from Brisbane Raw in that same game... Hello. Alo just uh, hit one um, on on the uh, on the volley on the full from from uh, just at the edge of the box and it just hit the top of the crossbar and just like a thunderbolt in that was a good one as well. But actually, my my goal of the season is is pretty early on and it's the the Melbourne Victory team goal. To be honest, Ooh. I don't know whether you remember that one early on. It pretty much was just like the silkiest my memory? football. It sort of went from like Antonis over to Honda over to uh, Toivonen and then set back up for. Um, I think Costa Barbarousas mm-hmm. uh, or Antonis, maybe it came back to him, but it was, like, oh, it was just all of their quality players on the ball uh, and just like cutting through a team. It was just a beautiful team goal to watch. I think that's def- that's goal of the season for me as much as... Really? Uh, it, 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 it pains you to say that victory were involved. What about own goal? Uh, maybe not necessarily uh, actual own goals, but uh, your own goal of the season, Tommy. Uh I really struggled to go past Yanjevic's, uh, uh, I guess, own goal, for lack of a better term, uh, against, uh, who was it, against Raw. Uh, was it the Wanderers uh, were up 2-0 um, around the Australia Day long weekend. Um, and uh, what was it? Yeah, sorry, the Raw, Raw were up 2-0. Correction, the Wanderers, the Wanderers were up 2 were up and then he cooked it. Yeah, and then uh, somehow managed to, well, he conceded in the first minute of injury time, then in the third minute... Um, basically tries to keep the ball in play to, to waste time, ends up giving away a uh, a corner and they score from the resulting corner. Just incredible. Like the, we kind of said before about moments that leave a manager's sort of just head in hands and yeah, that Babel would have lost a lot of sleep over that one, I think. And 
uh, I think uh, you can just imagine the all the shit that uh, Yanjevic would have copped at training after that one as well from his teammates. I'm sure they would have tried to turn it into some sort of uh, some banter or something because yeah, if you don't laugh at it, geez, you got to cry. Yeah, uh, look as much as as much as I was sort of keen for it to work at the time, uh, it's tough to go past Usain Bolt at the Mariners <laughs> for for own goal of the season. I mean, yeah, with the benefit of hindsight, like it looks like it, it might have been something that would move the needle with that preseason game that they got ten thousand in to watch, like Mariners against like I don't know some I local local was, side. Yeah. Um, but it kind of engaged the world. Like it was yeah. the first time, and that that's and that's we we were sort of talking on the podcast and we we're thinking, could this be something that works somehow? Yeah. But then you saw the man on the pitch, and yes, he was not like match fit at all. But you sort of thought, look, even when he does get match fit, he's, he's just not got the quality to play in the A-League. And it was, in the end, it was just a bit of an embarrassment. But more uh, more of a known goal was that it was just a distraction. It really distracted the Mariners' preseason. And then when you compound that with the fact that they lost McCormack and, and Tommy Orr to injury, and then, you know, you basically didn't have them. Who, they were supposed to be their two biggest players for the season. When you add that to the distraction that was their preseason... Um, yeah, it was just such a big own goal, and and obviously um, with a bit of recency bias, but the over policing that we saw, um, and and you know the latest incident of which was at the Big Blue, um, in the semi final. Yeah, um, it's just a it's it's gotten to the stage where it's a real sort of attitude problem now, and we've known about this for years, and we've known about the attitude that police and the media have towards football fans in Australia, and that was the latest example of it, and hopefully people don't forget it anytime soon. I know we talked about it last week on the mm. podcast briefly, because it was sort of just evolving as we were recording last week, but um, it, it's something that, you know... Um, so the the so uh, the 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 board of the of the FFA have have sort of promised fans action on it, but we've heard this before, and um, it, it, there's there's incredibly low trust um, that that anything will, will be done about it, and and this is one that I'd love to be wrong on. But. I think the ship has almost sailed with that. It's been a week and. Like, what other information? Does well, I think the there's going to be some off-season. What what what's apparently been promised is is that there's going to be some off-season um, consultation between like police and the FFA and fans. There's going to be some kind of forum. I don't know, and that it will at least kick things off, and then from there. Um, they can explore how to better manage games because the FFA, at the end of the day, are, are responsible for this and and how how these matches are p- policed and and the like. Um, yeah, once the police are in there, there's there's not much they can do, but they they do set the tone for that and they do set yeah. that up. So, um, yeah, that that's one that I'd love to see. I'd, I'd love for that not to be an own goal, but here we are in 2019 it, and it still is. It's it's a I guess an issue of uh, a bunch of sort of football's dirty laundry. Um, uh, not being aired or not being dealt with properly over, I guess, a couple of seasons. And it's kind of, I guess if I can mix the metaphor here, it's kind of like some of those uh, um, chickens are coming home to roost um, uh, with uh, with the A-League. Like, um, for, for example, I think the, the league wasn't particularly well marketed in the lead up to the beginning of the season. Normally, uh, the A-League would um, benefit from uh, off the back of the recent World Cup. Australian performance of the World Cup didn't really capture the, the imagination in the way that it has previously. And as a result, you sort of left with this uh, a competition that was under-marketed um, on the back of a really a pretty uninspiring probably a little bit harsh, but an uninspiring performance by the Socceroos um, mid-year. So 
Um, the FFA has, I guess, a, a lot of ground to make up here, I guess, for the um, uh, future seasons, I guess, in the A-League. Yeah, definitely. Um, moving on then to a more positive note, I suppose. Um, there are, as, as, as there is every season in the A-League, there are many players coming in and many players going out. Uh, in terms of the the players uh, that that came in, Tommy, who who really stood out for you as as sort of like a signing of the season? Um, I thought uh, Bohm Johan for, at Western Sydney Wanderers. Uh, I thought he was he was quality, but they they didn't necessarily get the um, the results from him that they would have expected. He looked great in games, but um, seemed a bit unhinged at times as well. Um, and then Babel wasn't really happy with how he was performing and the intensity that he was bringing, yeah, and, and now yeah. he's now he's part of the clean out. And he's yeah, and, and not really surprising to be perfectly honest. I think um, yeah, they're, they're better off uh, moving on, um, which is I guess sad because of how promising that uh, signing did look originally. Um, I think uh, in terms of a signing for the season, though, it's so hard to go past uh, Economides at Perth. I think he he's been really outstanding. He's shown why, um, I think it was Ange that brought him into the national team setup, why he had so much faith in him. and you At such to, a young age yeah. too, because he's still like 24 or something, isn't he? He's still quite, like, he won Young Player of the Year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, um, just showed that, like, he, he has an amazing level of, um, like, physically, he's an incredible specimen. He's quick, but his decision-making is... is <laughs> His decision making was also excellent, and uh, he showed that technically he was excellent as well. Like he can dribble, he can he can pass, and look, it's it's exciting uh, to think where he could be at, and like with another twelve months of playing uh, in the A League, hopefully under Popper still. I, I agree. I think he needs to stay. He needs to play under Popper and develop for another season because, you know. Yes, it's great if you can go over to Europe and you can make it and you can play in the Premier League or a top league playing week in, week out. That's that's the gold standard. But failing that, I just think it's so much better for, for a player, like, you know, particularly for an Australian player, you know, because obviously we've got an interest in how well the Socceroos do as Australian football fans. I would much rather see a player like Economy is playing under Popper, mm. developing under a manager because he's proven to develop players and getting senior minutes. That seems Proving to be so critical deal. for these players young. Like playing here and, and just, just developing your game. If you're developing here in the A-League, like you should, like for me, to go before you go over to Europe, you should be one of the top five or ten players in the A-League before you go. Not just when you get the first sniff from some like Jordanian club <laughs> or like you know whatever which which is why it's been frustrating watching the likes of kind of like Mork and a few other players who've uh, McGree I guess was another one that they they did okay and they looked promising but then pretty much at the first sniff of like a European club coming calling they then so many players sees, have done it Danny uh, De Silva did it uh, Dario Vidicic is a serial oh. offender as well and like, where is he now exactly like so, years ago he was predicted to be you know one of the mainstays in the Socceroos midfield and yep. where is he now and I think that I think you have to say that's at least in part due to his career decisions yep he has not lived up to his or not fulfilled his potential in terms of player signings of the season uh, for me I think it's hard to go past Toivonen uh, oh yep yep uh, you know, we expected him to be decent. We expected him to be quite good. There were questions about how he was going to change um, the focal point of victory's attack in the absence of Bessup Barisha. Um, 
and and he was a little bit overshadowed at least at the start um, by the um, by the signing of uh, KSK Honda as well, um, but particularly when KSK went out um, with a few niggling injuries, uh, Toivon had just stepped up in a big way and really showed his quality and versatility and technical ability that that, that surprised everyone and consistency as well. I think it was on the, the most recent pod that I said that um, Toivonen was probably Victory's best player this season and he, he managed to make the team greater than the sum of its parts, whereas um, uh, Honda was essentially another cog in the wheel. Um, and yeah, he was he was effective and you saw his technical quality and just his ability to influence games and play a pass and sort of be part of a system. But they, someone else could have done a similar job, like possibly another Australian player or something like that. Whereas Toivonen, there is no one else in the league who could have done the same job as him. He was, uh, he was one of the few one-of-a-kind players in the league this year that um, in terms of quality, what he brought to his team... Um, and and so on. Like he, he was, uh, he yeah he was one of the the key players in the league this season. Yeah, totally totally agree. Uh, honorable mentions uh, for me have to go to uh, Matt Miller uh, from the Central Coast Mariners. Uh, he almost led the league. Uh, well, he was leading the league in assists for quite a while. He's now he's now been pinched by the Newcastle Jets, and what a coup for them! It's another own goal, isn't it? Come up, yeah, absolutely. To to let someone like that go, uh, and you know he's coming up from the NPL, um, and just just living proof. Um, there's quality in there's, the NPL. There's quality isn't there, there mm. um, and it's it's there to be found. You don't have to um, you know necessarily uh, put all your eggs in the basket of um, you know a foreigner who might not work out. Um, or some A-League journeyman. Or some A-League journeyman <laughs> um, who's been to five clubs before. So there's there's definite, definite talent there. And uh, also Dylan Wenzel-Halls, obviously, uh, for me, he was he was one of the only uh, silver linings in an otherwise just shocking, shocking season, season uh, <laughs> from the Raw. And, and he looks a player and looking forward to seeing him develop. On the other end of the spectrum now, Tommy... Um, your spud of the season or, or spuds? My spud of the season has got to be Warren Joyce because I think, I, look, you're probably sensing a bit of a theme there, but look, I, I really did think that um, it, when you think about um, uh, City, I guess, uh, this season, not only did they, uh, they've gone backwards in terms of their performances and, and where they actually finished in the in the table, um, he's managed to, he managed to alienate um, arguably uh th- well, probably, no, sorry, without a doubt, the two biggest players they had at the club uh, in their short history, uh, Cahill and Fornaroli, also managed to um, uh, alienate, uh, sorry, name escapes me, uh, midfielder who's at Perth, Neil Kilkenny, who, look, I, I was a fan of, I know he sort of, he does divide opinions, but he has demonstrated at Perth that he, he's an immense leader. Um, but also has a quality to be able to really boss a midfield in the A-League. So he managed to alienate him as well. Um, played a boring uh, style, which alienated the fans, the, the few A-League fans that there are. Um, and he had one of the best squads and probably one of the deepest squads in the A-League. So not only that, but in a key big demographic, uh, oh, sorry, key key market in Melbourne, Um uh, attendances started to go down. How many? Uh, how much of that goes down to just uh, Joyce? Yeah, it's probably debatable. Um, but look, yeah, a, a huge, uh, a huge spot and a huge 
kind of a bit of a blight on the A League because um, even away fans were probably thinking, oh geez, do I do I want to go down and, and watch my team at City? Like it's not going to be a very inspiring game. So yeah, look, he, he was my spud of the season, and I guess uh, you could even argue whether or not whether or not uh, some of the uh, uh, Melbourne City hierarchy could also be included in this category as the well. The City but, Football Group. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, look, it was it, it, that Joyce appointment did not work out well for City. T- tough to disagree <laughs> with that. Uh, and, and, and tough to tough to top that, to be honest, um, in terms of uh, a bigger spud in the A-League. Um, in terms of a few players that, that stood out for me for their uh, lack of impact uh, on the league... Uh, Jordy Thomason, who from exactly uh, from Adelaide United, uh, yeah. alongside Baba Diawara. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Baba Diawara just couldn't get himself on the pitch, and I suppose that in itself is a, is an own goal. Yeah. Um, just having the you know just being a complete glass cannon, um, <laughs> two appearances or you know maybe maybe three if you include finals. Uh, so yeah, not not fantastic uh, in terms of his his return for Adelaide United. Uh, then you've got uh, Tobias Mickelson, Brisbane Raw. Uh, yeah, did, another did disappointing one. Another yeah. disappointing visa spot. And I think it's 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 a little bit unfair on foreigners to a way, but because of the the way that the A League is, like they have a disproportionate impact. If they work, yeah. they can they can really like light up your team. But if they don't work, it's just a it's big, a, almost expensive a off, isn't it? waste. Yeah, yeah. And, and you see that they don't hang around as well, like. You will see some, like for example, Ross McCormack. He went to Central Coast, but he didn't last there either. So yeah, I'd say I'd say Ross McCormack and Tommy Orr as well, particularly Tommy Orr. Like he's just such a disappointing player, and we've seen what he can do at Socceroos level and even at club level. He was decent mm. in patches for the Raw as well. Mm. Um, and then going to the Mariners, I sort of thought, yeah, great if he can get a, get an off season in, he could really he could really help them here. He's he's a quality player, but again, another one who's who's let down by his body. Um, and and you feel bad calling him out for that, but like that part of being an elite athlete or, or at least a professional athlete in the A League is you know or at any level is is being able to keep yourself on the park. Yeah, and and we know that. Look, there, there's lots of great pros out there that do take uh, great care of their body and do all the right things, but um, there's also I guess a, a small category of player that doesn't look after their body as well as they can, doesn't do all the right things in rehab when they do get injured. Corey Gamero. Yeah, well, that's that's an interesting... Oh, jeez. You, sorry, you put the cat amongst the pigeons a little bit there. Corey Zelich Gamera. Yeah. Because, <laughs> look, I guess I don't know uh, enough about the Corey Gamera situation, but look... you got to feel for the lad, though. Oh, like, of course, yeah. And look, you can just I think be Brisbane unlucky. did you right can just by be him, unlucky. to be honest. To, to be fair to Brisbane, like, they, they, they did his whole rehab and he didn't, he didn't work out there. It was a shame that he didn't get a goal for the mm-hmm. club because he, mm-hmm. he, he, he played well and, you know, he really but, needed to get the confidence back. But what, what happened to him this season? Where was he other than... <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah. Look, at least he was scoring somewhere. All right, all right. Um, but uh, yeah, though that's um, we could we could go on, we could go on, <laughs> listeners. Um, but we won't uh, because we'll move on to player of the season. Uh, this is uh, going to be a lot more positive. Tommy, who who stood out to you as the, as the player of the season? We've had the end of season awards night already, so yeah. you you could, you could get some, uh, you could draw an inference from there. But 
Yeah, who who really stood out for you? And and you're right. Like Krishna is obviously the um the low hanging fruit for for a pick because he he won it and he was obviously top scorer in the league as well. Um, we've already mentioned some of the others like uh as well. Mm. I don't think Honda's in in the discussion because. He didn't play enough, and when he was on the pitch, I don't think he was influential enough. Showed, yeah. showed in bursts. Start of the season. Yep. Um, but then you get into some of those really... Uh, those players that um, got on the pitch regularly, influenced games, won games, uh, or in two instances, effectively won the championship. And that's, I guess, uh, I go back to Economides and Castro as well. Um it was funny. Do you remember sort of mid mid season? I made a reference to it. I think last week on the pod about um, that long that um, long standing discussion, sort of midway through the season, about whether or not Castro could be considered sort of the A League goat, uh, or at least the greatest import. Um, and I know you being a Raw fan, you obviously sticking up for your boy uh, Tommy Tommy Bruish, but. Um, I think um, talk to me when he's won a couple of championships. <laughs> he might, he might win one tonight. So we'll talk tomorrow then. We'll, we'll talk later <laughs> tonight. But it it does. Uh, I guess it does uh, raise a, a great discussion about whether or not Castro or Broish like is is winning titles uh, uh, sufficient, or um, is is was Castro a better player even though he didn't win as many uh, as many many titles as as Broish did at um, at the Raw. So. Uh, I think Castro is definitely in my um, uh, player of the season. He, he's certainly taken his game to another level yep. this season under Popper, um, which we haven't seen, um, and we've seen him look a bit underdone. Yeah, a bit um, lethargic yeah. sort of at times. A bit, uh, under a bit Kenny Lowe, where he yep. was basically allowed... Him and him and uh, Keo were basically allowed to do whatever they wanted in that team, train when they wanted, mm. turn up to preseason when they wanted, and, and in steps, uh, you know, the hard man, Popper. Uh, and he's just... He's got them eating out of his hands, and he's got performances from them and like Castro's what 36 or something he's <laughs> he's rolling back the clock um it's he, outrageous he's brilliant. isn't it yeah. yeah and you know some of those goals he's scoring you don't score those goals unless you're unless you're fit yeah and, and I guess that's been a huge part of it like yeah you can be influential for we saw like when Del Piero came out yeah you can be influential for 45 60 minutes you can build a team around a player but but Castro he's not really even that he's playing a lot of minutes exactly but um but he's also like very influential and he's not um, he's not a defensive liability in the same way that um, Del Piero was when he was here, where they effectively they just had 10 players when he was on the pitch and didn't have the ball. So, um, yeah, like they're a much more, I guess, well-rounded uh, team uh, when when Castro is, is on. And rather than um, just, I guess, being a, a great team going forward, um, that that struggles uh, when they don't have the ball. Yeah, tough to add to um, what what you've or the, or the list that you've given for your sort of players of the season, mm. Tommy. But one more who I think deserves an honourable mention um, on the back of the season he's had is is your boy David Williams. <laughs> oh Jesus! Uh, I think he needs. <laughs> I think he needs love. We've been we've been loving him up on this this podcast. I for, think he gets too much love for at least <laughs> the past couple of months. But uh, you know, he under Renan, he's taken his football to uh, you know another level. 
Um, I'd be very interested to see what happens to him next season, whether he joins this sort of growing exodus of players following Rodan to Western United, even though I don't think he's been announced yet there, but it seems like the <laughs> worst yet. the worst kept secret in, in, in the A-League. Um, but Or if, if he stays at the Knicks, um, whether he can keep up that level under another manager. And then I think that will, really will be the, the sort of the tell of, um, of, of the impact that Rodan um, had, at the, had at the Knicks. And, and that's a good point, I guess. Like I, um, David Williams is good for a um, good for a purple patch like that about once every five years. So um, yeah, I, I hope Wait, uh, this is a purple season though. <laughs> Sorry, Finally, man. before we move on to our uh, team season reviews, um, looking back at your your predictions, Tommy, or, or your thoughts at the start of the season, uh, what did you get right and what did you get wrong? Um, look, there were a couple of things that uh, I got right. I said Adelaide would be about sort of mid table. I said uh, Central Coast and Wellington would be propping up the bottom, which, uh, sorry, uh, Central Coast and <laughs> Don't Western, think City, right. Western City Wanderers, they would be propping up the, the foot of the foot of the table. I had Central Coast third last and uh, the Wanderers second last. Uh, so not in their exact finishing positions, but pretty much in the right ballpark. Gee. Um, the, uh, whilst those were sort of in the right ballpark, uh, the one that I nailed was that Perth would finish first. So every- You did not, did you? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Oh. Uh, so, look, I, I, I called it that Popper would, um, <laughs> that uh, he would be able to work, work his, the same magic that he did at the, the Wanderers at Perth. And, um, yeah, look, uh, Perth, Perth have been by, by far and away the, the best team over the, the home and away season, so... Listeners, next season on More Than Game, uh, there's going to be a lot more rigor around this process. <laughs> look out! Look out for our um, pre-season reviews of the A League and the Premier League, if 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 that kind of thing is your jam. But uh, we're, we're going to be uh, we're going to be committing a lot more of this stuff uh, to to the public sphere, <laughs> to writing. Uh, you know, so that we can uh, we can have a proper account uh, at the end of the season. But you know, take your word, uh, Tommy. Haters gonna hate. Look, I I was way off the mark though. With uh, I had Sydney and Victory in sixth and seventh position overall, so it was obviously way off the mark there. And also had uh, Newcastle in third, Brisbane in fourth. So yeah, look, wait till got- you get to mine. <laughs> <laughs> whilst uh, look, I, I was bang on the money with the Perth one. There was lots that I got way wrong. I also had Wellington to come last, and obviously they David ended up Williams. making finals. Yeah, yeah. Krishna's Krishna's Wellington. You've been wrong and you've been wrong about David Williams week by week. <laughs> when are you going to start believing? Get on the train. Never. Ah, <laughs> uh, look, I was I was wrong about significantly more than I was. It's right so about. hard to predict the A League, isn't it? I Which said the, I said the Raw were going to come second and win the league, perhaps optimistically. <laughs> um, a lot didn't go right for them in my defence, but uh, you know, I said I think I said Perth would finish seventh. Didn't I didn't quite believe in the in the popper magic? Um, Disappointing. I, I regret it. Disappointing. Uh, and, I, and I also said that victory would finish second and go on to win the championship. Ooh, geez. Although, did I say we're all going to? Anyway, I said they would both be we, challenging. You're right. We definitely not. need more scrutiny uh, around these uh, the publishing of these these predictions. So you know, and I could go on about. I think I was going through. What did you get I was, right? I didn't get much right, to be honest. Like. Anything in the right ballpark? To, to be at least. brutally honest, I think I said. I'm just going through the table now because I've got a little note with where I predicted each team to be. 
Oh, I said Newey would finish sixth and they finished seventh. <laughs> I said the Wanderers yeah. would finish ninth and they finished eighth. So, I mean, that's I got bad. I got close. Yeah. But like in a 10-team league, like that's nothing to hold your head up about. So, yeah. next season and, we're gonna, next oh, season we're going to make some bold calls as well, uh, which we didn't this season. And um, we're, we're, I picked City to come second. I think Damo, he's not here, but I, I will give Damo a shout out because he, he was he was gassing his boy Craig Goodwin, um, <laughs> and and he did finish uh, leader of assists, uh, and and you know uh, he can hold his head up as one of Adelaide's better players. And so didn't he kill it in the FFA Cup final as well? Yeah, he yeah. did. He did. So uh, like da- that, that's one that Damo got right. I will I will say that for him. Um, why don't we move on then to our team season reviews? So the way we'll do this is that um, we'll ask for each team and um, we'll ask uh, what made their season or what let them down, uh, whether you think they overachieved or they underachieved. Um, give them a grade uh, and let us know what they need for next season. So we'll start off and we'll go in the in the order um, of, of the table, in the order that they finished, starting off with uh, the... The Premiership winners. Poppers Perth. The Premiership winners, Perth. Uh, Tommy. Poppers Perth. What did they get right this season? Look, I don't think they got really a lot wrong this season. Uh, obviously, we've said already uh, that look, getting Castro and Keo on board uh, with with uh, with what Popper was trying to do, um, that was obviously a big win. Um, but just the the biggest point, I think, for, for Perth is their defensive so, uh, solidity. That was they say yeah goal scorers win matches but defenses win leagues and this was that was definitely the case with Perth this year um obviously Economides was fantastic we already said that before Kilkenny's leadership as well I think was actually pretty important his experience uh he's shaking your head at me Colby which looks disgusting I, I I don't understand how like you rate uh David Williams so much but don't rate uh Neil Kilkenny because one's just, a good player no Kilkenny is that who you mean <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, so look, obviously Perth, uh, I think they've overachieved. Look, I think any team that, that comes top of the league, I think is overachieved. Um, I think you, you you aim for top two, you hope that you win the thing, but yeah, I think they've overachieved. They did have a great squad though, um, and I've given them an A+. Beautiful. Uh, look, what went right for me for Perth? Obviously, Popper won the Coach of the Year at the end of season awards, and rightly so, and Chris Economides, the Young Player of the Year, um, the the main thing that I think that that Popper did um, that really worked for them was that he he just tightened them up as you said Tommy and let let me give you some some stats around that last year they conceded fifty goals uh, they finished in eighth with thirty two points this season they conceded just twenty three goals and finished top of the league that's, at sixty points that's so stingy isn't it only twenty three goals in uh, what is it a thirty game season twenty seven game season he got Castro and Keo as we said before playing like you know they playing with the intensity of sort of a, a Sunday runaround to just playing like championship winning players uh, and he got a tune out of Kianese out of Kilkenny he even made Reddy look decent. <laughs> uh, although Reddy did his best to embarrass himself on a couple of occasions, remember that when he, uh, he he went just like on walkabout, like uh, throughout. Reddy gone already. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. But uh, you mentioned Joel Kianese, who was playing what MPL this time last season. Oh, I'm not sure where. I think he was in another A League club. I'm not sure. 
I don't know. We'll, we'll check that now. Yeah, you, you check that, Tommy. I'll go on with my review. Oh, look, I think they massively overachieved. Um, I've given them an A, and that's only because uh, we're recording um, pre-grand final. I think if they win the grand final, I think that's an A-plus. That's an A-plus season for me. Um, what they need to do for next season, they need to keep it all together, and they look like they're already building that on that. They've got Fornaroli in. Oh, it's scary to see what they could do with Popper next season. Fornaroli playing under Popper. Scary proposition. Go on. Exciting as well. Like um, but, scary for the other teams, though. Um, yeah, but uh, obviously uh, Popovich has had success in the Asian Cup. Uh, sorry, Asian Champions League before. Uh, did we aware of that? that? Did he? Did he win it one time? Or? <laughs> um, but uh, I think that that addition to that squad is with a view to not only winning uh, and Tony Sage is just frothing this as well like he, wants, he, so wants, hard, he, he wants that Asian success and good on him too and so we should and so more A-League clubs should want to focus on Asia and, and make an impact in the region it's ambitious which is we, we don't see a want. lot of that in the A-League do we um, I just um, uh, checked where Joel Kianese was and he wasn't in NPL he's actually in Malaysia he spent two years in huh. Malaysia but before that he was playing semi-pro for Auckland City Bonnie Rig, Sydney United go on the Bonnie Rig. it's been five years since he was in the A-League and he's played for yeah like what six six different clubs in that in that time so um, oh sorry I, I he has actually been at Perth for two seasons. There now. you go. <laughs> I thought I'd seen him before. Anyway, uh, the, you know, this is just the expertise that you get when you when you listen to a more than a game podcast. Um, look, the only other thing I think I, I'd want for Perth next season is for them to just update their fucking kits. Like they they they're wearing last year's kits this year, and and for me, um, and how how are we supposed to do kit chat when when they're just <laughs> rolling out what they rolled out last season? It's so a shame as well because if, if they win the bloody league, just update your kits, Perth. It's a huge commercial opportunity lost as well. Like, yeah. um, although maybe cash in, Tony. <laughs> uh, look, Sydney FC, uh, the the other grand finalists, uh, and and the table um, this year doesn't lie. Uh, second place, uh, and and the other the other grand finalists which will be played at Optus Stadium in in Perth tonight, Sunday night, as we record this podcast. Um, Tommy, what did you make of their season? Uh, I thought they've had a a good. But not great season, uh, and I'll qualify that in a second. Largely, this is still Arnie's squad with uh, only a few minor changes. Um, you had uh, Adam Lafondra, isn't it? Adam? Yeah, Adam uh, <laughs> Lafondra. Yeah. Who? Who? What's his name again? Uh, uh, you had Lafondra. So this is in. the A the League. You've been, <laughs> you've been watching watching over the course of the season. Or? I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> uh, you the A League. You did have Lafondra who came in, who obviously. Um, uh, scored the second most uh, A-League goals for Sydney in a season after Bobo uh, obviously had that amazing season previously. Um, uh, you also had uh, Aaron Barry Calver uh, step in uh, for Geordie uh, Boys uh, in central defence as well. But besides that, it was pretty much the same team as last year. So, look, you didn't have to do a lot to, to keep this team marching on in the same uh, direction as they'd previously been under Graham Arnold. So, look, um, uh, you did also uh, have Adrian... Milzievsky? Yes. Who, um, look, he he was a big loss. Um, and Ninkovic isn't getting any younger as well. So, uh, I think um, had to integrate a couple of key pe- key people into key positions so I, I don't think you can you can sneeze at that um, and the spine of a football team is obviously so crucial to its success over over a long season so look um 
I think Corica's actually done a really good job on a bit of a hiding to nothing after one of the most successful A-League coaches uh, are, well, of, of all time. Um, so I think he's done very well. Obviously, hasn't hit the same heights, though, as... Put uh, some as respect Graham on Ange's name, by the way. <laughs> um, but obviously, he hasn't hit the same heights that Graham Arnold did. But look, a very respectable first season. Um, and... Uh, what was the other point I had? So I, I think that they've, I think they've overachieved. I think Corrick has done a really good job, um, and I gave him an A. Gee, uh, look, similar, similar review to you, Tommy. I think what made their season, yes, was their ability to stabilise after, after it could the, have been a big step uh, backwards. Couldn't yes, it? That, and and I think I think Corica would have got a pass. I mean, you lose Graham Arnold, you lose Johnny Warren, medalist, top goal scorer. Uh, and one of the best defenders in the league in Muzievsky, Bobo, and Jordi Boyce, uh, respectively. Uh, you know, you could be forgiven um, for, for taking a bit of a step down. And they did in, in terms of points and ladder position. Last season, they finished on top with 64 points, and this season, uh, they finished in second on 52 points. So they, they took a slight dip, but that's, that's, you know, they've done so well. And Corica, hats off to Corica in a really understated way in a season that's been all about Popper and Redan. Um, you know, they've stolen all the headlines. Sydney have just quietly done their business um, and just really hung in there. Um, and, and in a season as well where they've been nomadic, Allianz Stadium's been demolished now. They've been playing out of the SCG and Jubilee and Leichhardt as a result. Um, so, yeah, hats off. But, yes, they did keep that core of Brillante, O'Neill, the back line of Wilkinson, Grant, Zullo, uh, and as well as Ninkovic buzzing around. And so, Brosk yeah. as well. And, and Brosk sort of coming in and just just doing brosk things, scoring a worldie <laughs> and then getting, I don't know, yellow card the next game. But look, I think they've overachieved as well. Um, I, I, um, I do have major doubts that this team will be uh, as good again next season. I think they, there will be a drop-off as Ninkovic gets a year older. Um, I don't know if LaFondra is sticking around for another year. Do Interesting. Have, how, how many of these players do they need to replace and how much re- regeneration needs to take place with this squad? Look out for that next season in our uh, pre-season review, listeners. Uh, Tommy will be committing that uh, to writing <laughs> uh, this year. Uh, look, I've given them a B plus um, or, or it's an A if they win the, win the grand final tonight, but uh, a B plus for me uh, it's a tough one Sydney's rating isn't it because you go well yeah they finished second but like Corrick is, he's on a hiding to nothing there in terms of either way unless unless he's all conquering it's going to mm. be a backward step from the Graham Arnold era I but think, it's his first year as a uh, a coach in a professional league yeah like it's a pretty, pretty big achievement. achievement still even even if it is not necessarily his squad and so next season if they can keep their sort of successful foreigners uh, if they can keep LaFondra if they can keep uh, take or take or leave Sim Diong. Like he's been he's been quality despite the injuries. Um, but if they um, if they do that, and um, oh, who was the uh, who was the the player that the young young Aussie player that was coming on at the start of the season and and uh, did his ACL and like the the preseason game and he was he was linking up with them. Um, I was thinking of Danny De Silva, who we haven't mentioned. But no, um, we have not. Well, um, he he might be in uh, in in sort of oh. spud areas after that. Um, that did his ACL. Yeah, Bahaja, Trent Bahaja. Uh, oh, he, no, he was really coming along in preseason. Oh. If you, if you, if he was, he was going to have a breakout season. And 
let's let's watch let's watch what he does after he's come back from this injury this season and if he if he gets a I don't know where where he's at in his recovery but hopefully if he can get a uh, a good preseason under his belt I think you'll see that he will be quite key to the way that Sydney uh, play their football going forward next season. Look, I hope that he's a success, uh, Trent Bujaja, but look, I just expect him to be the next Mitch Mitch Austin. Just a, a a dumb footballer who relies solely on pace. The next Nick Fitzgerald, yeah. The next uh, N- Nikita Rukovica. The next Bruce Kamau. We could <laughs> go a on. A, it's a bit harsh, isn't it? <laughs> and we'll wait for the Western Sydney Wanderers review. But moving on, <laughs> Melbourne victory uh, this week's uh, or this season's uh, third placed and uh, the the third best team in Melbourne. Uh, <laughs> they've um, what what did you make of their season, Tommy? I thought it was pretty standard sort of fair really like um lots of really familiar faces uh in that squad with the likes of uh barbarousis and brocks um it's it's a it's a squad that um uh sorry and and uh, um, uh the name escapes me the central defender who came back to victory mc uh, mc something no it's lost on me anyway we know the a-league well yeah. very well on this podcast <laughs> um but yes, anyway, so, um, and you also had, uh, I guess, those quality additions of Toivon and Honda, and we've talked about those two already. Um, I think Honda was a bit of a fail because they really didn't exploit him from a marketing potential. Uh, for, You're talking sorry, about James Donachie? Yes, he, he was returning as well. Oh. But he was a former former player who returned back to the club. I think Thomas Deng as well also came back to the club from, from overseas as well. And so... Um, yeah, victory love love a blast from the past, and and it seems as though I'm not sure if they realise that they can actually sign new players that they don't have to go back oh, to players that have played geez. for the club before. Um, but look, <laughs> all uh, all stabs uh, aside, um, I thought look this would be uh, another successful season for victory. They were they were pushing uh, for second the, pretty much the whole season. Uh, I think. Um, uh, like all jokes aside, I think it is a little bit odd that um, that they want to, well, that Musket might be moving on. Um, m- maybe he's going to a, a bigger job, I, but I always kind of imagine him to be the kind of uh, manager who who could stay at an A League club for like almost a generation. Like he's he's all, always only ever been involved with with Melbourne Victory since the the A League started. He's he player is Melbourne transition Victory. to assistant manager, yeah. transition to coach. So where where do you think where do you think he goes now? I mean we 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 briefly talked about this last week on the pod when um, we were joking that he was going to get sacked and then the musk out pressure uh, just just got back to him and he obviously uh, obviously did uh, either get sacked or walked or mutually terminate as they like to say in the A League. <laughs> Uh, so you know where does he where does he realistically go from here? Yeah, it's tough. Like I, I can't see him going to another A League team. Like it was sort of it was hard to imagine Popper going to another A League team. But obviously he didn't take a direct route. He went via Turkey. Um, but I I think um, Musket's obviously still got connections in um, in Scotland and um, and in England. So I could see him quite easily not quite easily but I think I could see him going to maybe the championship um I don't think he'd be a success there I don't know uh, if there are any vacancies there at the moment but it's it's very it's like one thing you would say is it's very hard for Australian managers um I would even say harder than it is for Australian players to 
yeah. to really have success. And, you know, that's not even to say like Australian referees. It's like amazing that Jared Gillett mm. has uh, like, you know, started to referee a huge in the, step up, in isn't the it? championship. Yeah. yeah. Like there's so much, like there's so much uh, devaluing or like disrespect even for, for you know, it's what, like a, what, cultural a, cringe, what Australians can, can really add there. So, I mean, look at Harry Kuehl. He's had to, he's had to go and try and have success in like league one and league two. Mm. Um, to, and, and that's, that's a player like Harry Kuehl who, you know, no disrespect to, we've won the to Champions Musket. League medal, right? Like no disrespect to Musket, but he is not the, the, the same sort of, the caliber of name, yes, he has much more managerial experience than Harry Kill because he started out in the, in in, mm. in the A League, mm. which was a different uh, route to the one that Harry Kill tried. But yeah, no, I, not I a lot, not a lot of love for a, an A League title on a on a CV for a. I don't know how much championship clubs would be particularly. Um, yeah, uh, valuing that when they can get managers like you know you've got like the likes of like Bielsa and and those kind of guys kicking around in the championship. Graham, Graham Potter. Those as well. are the guys yeah. you're you're rubbing shoulders with, and and then all the English ones that are, that are sort of still Frank going Lampard's around the, the merry-go-round, and, and then the jobs for the boys. And yeah, so mm-hmm. like I mm-hmm. think it'll be very tough for him to get a look in there. Um, look, Millwall haven't been doing particularly well uh, in the championship recently. He's still got uh, I think links there, so he's a chance that he could go there. Um, like he he essentially walked into a very successful uh, victory club. He just walked into a, like one of the best run clubs in the A League and just sort of got the, the got best the, the, got best the boys club. up for a game every week and and Pretty off much. you go. And like uh, the the football director there, uh, who was it? The uh, ex South Melbourne uh, striker from the NSL days. Name escapes me right now, but he um uh they. Almost every uh, A-League, uh, sorry, Victory uh, Visa player has been a win for them. And they they do, um, they have selected quite, um, uh, they've been very deliberate about who they've picked. Like they've generally picked a striker, a midfielder and a central defender. And it's, they've had a lot more hits than misses and a lot more hits than a lot of other A-League clubs. So um, with that kind of structure in place, it's not been easy for him, but it's been... He's uh, had a greater chance of success than a lot of other um, young new managers have at, at other A League clubs. And how do you how do you rate their season, Tommy? Look, I gave it a B plus. Uh, obviously, they'd be very disappointed in the way that they went out in the semis last week. Obviously, um, but uh, still, they they came third. Um, I I don't think it's a bad uh, a bad season by any measure, but uh, obviously they'd be disappointed in in the way it's sort of they finished third, knocked out in the semis. Mm. They'd be disappointed. For me, I think the, the the thing that makes or breaks, and in this case, you know, potentially broke their season given the final structure and given that one loss in the finals is all it takes to, to lose, yep. uh, all it takes to sort of unravel your season. Um, the, the thing that did it for them is, is just the way in which they structured their squad. I mean, there are sort of two schools of thoughts in the A-League mm. that in the way that you can sort of set up your squad given salary cap and squad restrictions and, and all, the, all that stuff that goes along with our league. Um, and, and victories has always been to, you know, spend big and get the big marquee names in um, in those key positions. Have an amazing first 11. Have an amazing first 11. And then there's a massive drop off outside of that. And I think you saw this season that they got found out outside of that. Because they had a couple of injuries as well. Like Troisi, yes, he got Troisi, injured. Honda in got injured. Mm. But like, you, you, for example, you get an Olatoyven and a KSK Honda. They're great. And so there's, there's a strategy of having for a, a super strong first 11 and you fill the rest out with youth 
with the rookies. But then, like, when you have to sort of replace from your others, you, you, you get a Cam Sober who's not quite at James Troisi levels. You yep. get a Kenny Atu who's who's not quite at... Uh, not He's quite struggling at, just at A League level levels, really. and and mm. you get like a Josh Hope coming in who looks like could he could be one to to be one for the future there, but he's no he's no like Antonis or Honda, um, so there's no room for anyone to drop off or get injured in that scenario, and, and then you have your your fullbacks who are, like we I said this last week they're already in underinvested in position there, but you've got Storm Rue and Corey Brown who are serviceable A League fullbacks, um, but when you when you're playing around these guys that are super quality in a diamond formation. Where fullbacks are critical, um, and and then you put Thomas Deng and, and Lee Broxham there. It's, it's it's just really not the same. Um, and and I don't know why they fell out. Maybe that you know Corey Brown, you know, like we've, we've I've you know as a Brisbane Raw fan, I've seen this from Corey Brown over the, over the couple of seasons. So Do you think Corey Brown had something to cover up? Maybe he's got mistakes <laughs> in him, uh, and he and he needs, needs to get the bick out. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so like I think that's really one thing that really undid them um and also the other thing um not to forget is the uh the the thomas slash acton goalkeeper situation um i think there was a moment i don't know exactly what happened but it seemed like there was a moment where Muskie just wanted to say to thomas look you, you're underperforming i'm the boss here like i'm gonna put acton in for See ya. A, i'm gonna put acton in for a couple of games and i think that rattled thomas i like did and he didn't really recover from that did that necessarily contribute to that first fumble that led to the first goal in the big blue don't know oh, Who, geez, like would, yeah. would he save that if he if he'd had a really good couple of games under his belt and he was in tip-top form like who knows but i think that definitely um uh, played a part mm-hmm. um, so look for me this was uh, an underperformance by victory standards because victory standards is to, to be in so the grand high. final yeah. and to challenge for the league so of course this is an un- underperformance and that's not um, and uh, that's not to necessarily forget the sort of disaster that was them getting knocked out by an MPL team in the FFA Cup um, you know they've um, they they were sort of humiliated by Sydney FC in that in that mm. final their arch rivals um, and and they were they did nothing in Asia so and and also I mean it seems like sort of cosmic justice that you know they were out they were done by uh, VAR and other things uh, after after some big luck gave them the championship last year so look I, I've given them a you B minus by the sword you got to die by the sword I've given you? them a B minus I think they've they've slightly underachieved they've they've still done well um, they still play great football, um, but they're at a big crossroads now in terms of things for next season. We talked about Muskie, like we don't know where he goes, but like now it's going to be really interesting who they get in and who's like, we already know that Honda's not going to stick around mm. next season. Um, what are they going to do? What's, what direction are the club going to go in? It just feels to me like they're at a they're at a big crossroads in terms of the, the, the kind of football they play now. So very interesting to see where they go. Adelaide United in fourth place um, got knocked out uh, in the in their semi final against Perth in that uh, shootout. I, I want to say thriller, three three thriller. Would that be fair? Yeah, no that that was that was all time uh, like A League action there. So what what were your thoughts? What went right for them this season, Tommy? Pretty pretty tough season for them. Like um, it seemed uh, they they really really struggled with getting a really struggled to get that out. They really struggled with just putting like a, a fit, uh, competent striker on the pitch. Like um, one of the good stories of this uh, of their season was that an Australian striker was actually getting some minutes in George Blackwood. But yeah, look, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure that uh, George Blackwood is going to be uh, a long term option in the A League because. 
he, he does struggle at times. He's um, obviously a big boy and he's, he's decent in the air, but I'm not sure if he brings enough to be starting for an A-League club. Um, they obviously won the FFA Cup, which was uh, which was a massive achievement for them, uh, and a club that seems to actually take that competition really seriously. Which is they're cup specialists, is, aren't they? It, it, it shows that um, some clubs do really like that competition and see it as a way, like, and give it, I guess, the respect that generates magic of the cup. Because if if everyone just treats it like a, a preseason tournament, then it becomes a bit of a joke. But but if some teams are actually trying really hard to win it, then it becomes something it's silverware. That's, yeah, exactly. So look, um, it's uh, it was great that they won that again. Obviously, Goodwin um was exceptional at the beginning of the season. He kind of dropped off a little bit in the second half of the season, wouldn't you say? Um, still. A little bit confusing why there's uh, not as much love for uh, Marco Kurtz as uh, as you would think, given that yeah he won uh, won them a title and then uh, took them to what uh, fourth place in the league as well. Um, I don't know if they won the title under Kurtz, did they? No, the FFA Cup. Ah, oh, the FFA yep. Cup. Yeah, a title. Not yeah, the right. title. They, sorry. A trophy. A trophy. Um, and so he like he seems to be Tommy. We, we talked uh, in the in our Premier League end of season review about uh, Claude Puel, uh, Leicester, who was just one of those one of those guys who, who sort of got results and got got a reasonable tune out of a team, but didn't seem to be really liked behind the scenes. And yeah, Kurtz seemed to me to be like one of those characters. I mean. you you saw that in the semi-final where he was... I mean, every game he's, like, yelling at blokes on the touchline and, like, saying he's going to kill you and, just like, all this stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know if that's necessarily the direction that the club wanted to go in, but, like, you have to take your hat off to him. He was basically told very early in the season that he wasn't going to be required for next season and the club were going to go in a different direction. And then on top of that, the club decided to make that public instead of just holding on to that for the rest of the season. It's pretty dog act. And he had to just basically do the sort of honourable thing and and like do the the best with them. And he did not let anything slip. You you could see that he was still trying to do his very best right until that semi-final. So if I was an Adelaide fan, I'd be very happy with that because it could be very easy for him to just go, fuck, I don't give... Okay, I'm not going to be here Don't next season. Shoes, yeah. He's he's really come out of this with his reputation intact. Yeah, and uh, the unfortunate thing is that Adelaide don't look particularly good out of this. It doesn't look uh, like they've as a club. Yeah, exactly. Like if if you if you're a manager, you think, oh yeah, I want to go to Adelaide because oh well, they could do the same thing to me. So um, from that perspective, it wasn't necessarily the smartest way to deal with that particular situation. Aloisi's in. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, but look, I, I gave him an, an A minus, which I, I think he's probably wow, a little boy. bit. Um, it's a little bit um, flattering. It's probably yeah. It, I think it's <laughs> um, it's probably more aimed at Kurtz, considering the job that he did with the squad that he had, with the unavailability of certain players and the injury problems that that squad had, um, and less to do with really what they actually achieved. It's more an A plus for uh, for Kurtz. Wow. And what do they need for next season, in your view? Well, they obviously need a new manager. <laughs> they need a new striker. Um, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty easy to, to see what they need. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's... it's Adelaide, um, they're always exciting because you, you kind of never really know where they're going to pull a manager from. Like, um, uh, Pep Gombau um, and... Uh, Guillermoire. Yep. Um and also, Kurt, it's like these guys have kind of come from nowhere and like, quality too. Like, and they've done really well. So they're, they're um, all they're all quality managers. But 
what what I've what I've heard what I've been reading um, is that they're going to go um, for a bit of a different direction next season. Apparently, they're going to go for a, a more of a youth development model rather than sort of bringing in marquees and um, yeah, that that'll be interesting. Really, Avidma? How that goes? Whoa, wow, it could Blast be from the past. Yeah, why not? Um, for me, yeah, it was their like sort of foreign forwards that let them down. Really, yeah, uh, Baba Diawara, Ken Ilso, Jordy Thomason. Really disappointing. All right? the all those visa players just gave nothing to them, um, and but it was it was good in that it let you know the likes of George Blackwood get a get a bit of a go around, and also um, one of their scholarship players, Apostolos Stamatolopoulos. Um, <laughs> Sorry, what? Apostolos Stamatolopoulos. <laughs> You say that like without even breaking a spot. Quite, quite, quite impressed with how that came yeah. out. I didn't know quite how that was going to go. But uh, look, I, I think for me, it's a slight over, a slight overachievement. Um, they finished uh, in fifth last season on 39 points. They finished in fourth on 44 points this mm. season. Um, they gave a good account of themselves against Perth. Very nearly like, you know. They could have made the A-League Grand Final. They, they could have pipped them. They could have been in an A-League Grand Final. So, um, and as you said, Tommy, they, they won silverware this season. So, you, you can't give them any less than a B. Um, yep. So, and, and obviously they need a centre forward and a coach for next season. Arguably the two toughest jobs to fill in the A-League. In the A-League particularly. Uh, Melbourne City now, Tommy. Um, let's let's hear it. We've heard the Joyce chat, but what did you think? What did you make of their uh, their season overall? Not really a lot of a lot of positives to come out of this one. Obviously, they, they finished fifth. At least they made the finals. Um, uh, obviously, uh, I think Richie DeLatte was actually a, a really great addition. Not in a position that I would like uh, a club of Melbourne City stature to be investing in though um, especially when they've got um, a young uh, fullback who's who's able to do a, a good job for them as well so um, in uh, Nathaniel Atkinson yes that's the yeah. one I'm talking about <laughs> um, so yeah look disappointing that Atkinson's position effectively was marqueed out um, I, I think he will um, continue on uh, next season, though, Nathaniel Atkinson, I think he'll be. I think he'll be a success. He's, he seems like a really talented young footballer. So, look, I hope he continues to get plenty of game time, regardless of which team he's actually at. And Tommy, um, I don't want to. I don't want to anticipate your other major gripe about Melbourne City, but um, is is uh, Jamie McLaren going to get the number nine shirt next season? Is he, <laughs> is he done wearing the twenty nine? Now that uh, Shay Harrison's also well, returned to his parent club, yeah. Look, there was a couple of couple of odd, I guess, um, uh, loan agreements. Like um, you also had Riley McRae was on loan, and what's his name, Shane Shayon, Shayon Harrison, uh, Harrison, who also was on loan. Now he actually turned out to be reasonably successful. Luke Bratton on loan from Manchester City. Let's see you seething through your teeth at that. No, um, I'm over Luke Bratton. Sure, sure, mate, sure. <laughs> Um, but look, uh, odd odd season. Uh, I mean, like not not enough goals. Yeah, look, they were solid defensively. Um, but I mean, Delat, the right back, who yeah dabbled a little bit up front. Uh, you playing pretty McCree. much wherever you want. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but McCree and Delat were the were the top scorers. Um, obviously, Macca came in with about ten games to go and scored. Still managed um, uh, five goals, I think it was. So that's a Pretty pretty solid. Uh, it's a good return, return. him, uh, but obviously too little, too late, and not having a recognised striker for most of the season really hurt them. Um, 
I've already talked about just what a mess this uh, of this season they made with uh, with Joyce, I guess, at the at the wheel. Um, with Fornaroli cast aside, terrible style. Basically, the fans just saying like, "This is this is not what we signed up for," kind of thing. Um, I, I they've massively underachieved with the squad that they have. Like, there are so many season day league pros with a couple of like pretty decent marquees in there as well. Um, I give them a well, actually, um, as, as we were saying before about um. Uh, in during the Premier League ratings, how I, I the, a C C minus was the lowest I went. I think this has got to be a D. They this was pretty horrible, really, for um for Melbourne City this season. The rich, richest team in the league, and they just brought so little. In and they fact, made finals though. Yeah, just. <laughs> and did their best to not make finals. Actually, they tried. So, they tried. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Look. The general sentiment, Tommy, uh, I do, I do agree. Uh, I, I mean, this is obviously an underachievement. Um, again and again, and the most frustrating thing about this, is, sorry to cut you off, is not only was it a, a shit season by their standards, but they also contributed to the league being uninteresting and not really encouraging fans to come out as well. So yeah, keep going, mate. Yeah, no. Took the words out of your mouth, did I? Pretty much that sentiment. Like, yeah, I really feel for Melbourne City fans. Like, it's a club that you badly want to support. You want these guys to be good because look at victory. Like, the league needs them to be good. They came in. They came in, and their their whole value proposition was like, we're not victory. Like, and and frankly, that that's that's good enough. Um, because you know there are a lot of things not to like about that club. I mean, yes, it's a well-run club, but mate, come on. Um. They, I mean, it's another year where where we see City stacked with with decent players for A League level, but just failing to live up to their potential. Um, they they um, finished last year on forty three points in third. They were on forty points this season, but that only got them into fifth place. But um, that doesn't really tell the whole story. As you were saying, Tommy, the 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 wheels really fell off for them at the end of the season, and they really just stuttered into the the top six and made finals in a ten team league. Um, you know, Joyce, as you said, you've already said this, but he's pushed out key players: Vaughan Rolly, Kilkenny, Brandad, Cahill, and also Jakobsen as well, who was like who's quite a good player, and he was captain yeah. at the time. Yeah, weird decision. Weird decision. And I mean, Bart Schenkeveld hasn't signed a contract yet, so you could you could see history repeating itself again. We don't know what's going to happen in the Which, off season. Hopefully, for for City's sake, they they manage to hold on to him. I suspect the issue there is that Schenkeveld wants like uh, marquee money, marquee money, and I, it's it's hard to give a lot of money in the A League to a centre back. Uh, I think he's the best centre back in the league. I reckon he probably is as well. Um, but it's just it's hard to justify giving someone that much cash when they're a centre back. They're, they're not putting bums on seats, nor are they probably going to win your games. But like I said before, with uh, about Perth, um, centre backs and defences win you win you league. So they if they want to be competitive, they really want to be holding on to this guy. Yeah. I gave them a C um, purely because they made the top six. So like, generous. You get into finals, that's job done. They didn't do much. Rich, more. Richest team in the land and making finals, and you're giving them a pass. Oh look, I don't know what their I don't know what their priorities are with what they're spending, but they they need to they just need to be more transparent as well. They need to come out to their fans and say 
this is what our aim is. Like in the same way that I don't know if Adelaide have stated that sp- specifically, but you know, clubs do it. You know what certain clubs are about. And mm-hmm. we need to start seeing that in the A-League and that needs to be more transparent. Maybe that'll happen with the with the independent league. I don't know. But um, look, what they need for next season, obviously they need a manager, but what they really need in a manager is someone who can turn a, a, like a talented on-paper squad into more than the sum of their parts. Which and, and that's that's any job, uh, sorry, any manager's job really, isn't it? Yeah. Like uh, anyone can put out a team and uh, get them to perform one week and maybe not another week. But um, yeah, just yeah, really disappointing season. Uh, Wellington Phoenix had uh, one of the best seasons in their recent memory, um, coming from uh, ninth place and 21 points last season to making the finals this season on 40 points and playing some of the most exciting football in the league. Tommy, what did you make of their season? Yeah, this is... I think um, even though they only finished sixth, I think this has been a pretty positive season for them. Excuse me. Um, They uh, were able to... They got a lot of the fans back on side. They got um, some pretty decent uh, uh, crowd attendances. What did they get? In excess of 20,000 when they went to Auckland. They broke their record for home (coughs) attendance in a non-finals game. They got 23,000, over 23,000 to that game in in Auckland. Which is massive because it... It sent like a really strong message, not only to to the club but also to the league that this club matters. It it can be relevant. It We're can serious. We want to yeah. be here. Exactly. Yeah. Because, like, let's let's face it. Beyond that one season when they were uh, exceptional with with Nathan Burns and Ernie Merrick there, they haven't really looked interested. They haven't looked competitive. They haven't looked like they provide a lot to the league in in the last couple of years so you, everyone's sort of looking at each other going why do we have these guys in the league again and yeah there's an element of like uh that club representing oceania and sort of australia's sort of semi-recent footballing history but um and and feeling that they have that responsibility to oceania to not leave them behind um and i think that remains but they have to make sure that that club is contributing to the A League, and they did this season. They they brought colour, um, they they brought attendances. They were good on the field most of the season. So look, um, uh, Rudan also showed that NPL managers, uh, if they're successful at that level, they can be the, a, a fantastic fit. And even um, we've seen Central Coast really struggle in the last couple of years, but. Um, Central Coast might look at that and go, oh yeah, well maybe there is a, a manager at um, uh, at MPL level who who could bring us out of this quagmire that they are stuck stuck in at the moment. So um, yeah, look, huge huge win not just for Rudin uh, and Wellington, but also for a lot of I guess managers in the next at the next level at the the tier below the A League that they sh- they deserve to be given an opportunity um, and that they can be successful because um, I think there are a lot of doubters about uh, how successful Rudin might have actually been. I think I was actually one of the doubters from from memory. So, uh, look, he's, he's definitely proved me wrong. Oh, he made haters. a fool out of me. Yeah. So, um, look, I gave him a B plus. Thoughts? What do they need for next season? Oh, new manager. Oh, they've got Ufuk Talley. Oh, true, the other, yes, The other yes. Sydney FC, you know, uh, as as with Rudin, a, a graduate of the uh, Sydney FC uh, School of Coaching. Yeah, so that's, that's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. I forgot and about that. And I think that'll give, us days, a real, that'll give us a real indication about whether, you know, Sydney FC uh, as a club is really uh, what's producing these... Um, 
the, these managers. So I'm really interested to see uh, what Talley will, will do with the Knicks. My yeah, my impression of of their season is very similar to yours, Tommy. Like at the start of the season, we all picked the Knicks to to be rusted onto the bottom again, mm. and for us to be here at the end of the season. You know, having the same conversation that we had been having for the past couple of years, which was, what are they doing in the league? What are they contributing? Are they going to stay in once they're licensed? Are they going to get a contract extension once their license expires? Like, what are they going to do? Uh, to now, cut to now, where you've got Rodan, one of the best managers in the in the league after a you know a, a breakout season for him in managerial terms, mm. um, turned the club around, turned players like David Williams around, got got the most out of, got you know. Krishna to bring his game to another level, a Johnny yeah. Warren medalist and a golden boot coming out of the Wellington Phoenix. If you'd asked me... And finishing in sixth spot as well. If you if you told me all of this at the start of the season, I would have told you to... <laughs> you know, I would what have told you, you to smoking? screw your head back on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, he, um, he developed Saprit Singh as well and other players came through. You've got Liberato Kakache, who who um, was a scholarship player who needs a... Definitely needs a um, uh, a permanent contract or a senior and contract at the club next season. Yeah, Max, Max Burgess, Burgess as well. He looked yeah. really good. Um, but that's a, that's a real shame that uh, Burgess, um, as well as Kurto, the A-League goalkeeper of the year, um, are following Rudan to um, Western United. Real, real uh, statement um, of um, mm-hmm. of uh, faith in Rudan. Uh, look, I, I gave him a B plus as well. Um, next. I think that's one of the first ones we actually agreed on for the A League, wasn't it? We, After... we basically agreed on all our ratings for the the Premier League, but A League we've been a bit uh, <laughs> there's been a bit of disagreement. But look, uh, look for next season, they just need to stop hemorrhaging players now. Like they've lost yeah. Curdo, who who as I mentioned was the goalkeeper of the year for the league. Max Burgess like just looked phenomenal in the second half of the season. Um, so look, what they need to do is yeah, just stop that. Like keep all of the like they've already re-signed Durante, uh, Stevie Taylor, which is great. Um, who mm-hmm. organised the defence quite well. Um, organised uh, big leader, you know, lots of experience. Organised random hookups for himself on the weekend. <laughs> um, did a really good job of that. Uh, and and also Lewis Fenton. Um, they've re-signed him as well. Look, if they can get a decent keeper replacement in, and if they can keep. Krishna, give Krishna whatever he wants, and and keep Saprit Singh. Uh, give Liberato Kakache a um, you know, a, a senior contract, and um, you know, if Ufuktale can get them performing anywhere near to what Rudan did, then great, fantastic. Yeah, they're a chance to, I guess, uh, even improve upon this season's results. I just season. hope they don't they don't drop down and and just go, re, you know, revert back to sort of Mariners' levels of being always, like uncompetitive. Always the concern, isn't it, with with Wellington? They they really need to build upon this if they're kind of going to go anywhere in the next five years. Newcastle Jets, Tommy, what did you make of their season? Oh, just so disappointing. Obviously, hit the highs of making the the grand final and hosting the grand final last year, but. Um, in some ways, I did feel as though it was a bit of a return to sort of the, the Merrick pattern of up and down seasons because um, it, it was the same when he was at um, uh, Melbourne Victory early on in the in the A-League, how uh, he would be almost bottom or, or second last in the league and then, then would be top the following season and then back down again. Um, and so... I think a lot of people had really high hopes for the for, for the Jets uh, this season, but it just hasn't worked out. Obviously, they had a, a slow start after uh, Roy Donovan was suspended for the first, what, eight, nine games yeah, of the season. Yeah, something like that. Which, that's going to hurt you. And uh, I, don't, I don't think they ever really recovered from that, um, nor recovered from... Uh, 
Joey C's uh, rap battles out the front of the stadium. So We're all still recovering from that. <laughs> so, yeah, look, t- tough season for the Jets, but I do think that they're going to come back um, strong next season. I think they'll, I think they'll hope, um, they'll be confident in making finals, I think, next year. What did you, what did you rate them? Uh, I gave them a B minus, which is probably a little bit kind, but... Um, Very generous. Yeah. Um, Merrick's still still around. Uh, it does sound as though Roy O'Donovan has fallen out with the club and it doesn't sound like he'll be there. I don't think uh, well, he was uh, had his contract extension. Uh, they withdrew the offer. Um, so there's a, we were talking about this before the pod about whether or not he'd go to, to the Raw and whether or not that's a good fit. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, there's a few more injuries, a few more injuries as well with the squad. So, um, I think they're going to. It is a generous. Um, uh, it is a generous uh, uh, rating. Yeah. yeah, but uh, I do think they're going to be strong again next season. Um, yeah. Uh, look, what did you give them? I gave them a C minus. I mean, you you can't get it. You can't get a pass mark if you make a grand final one season and then don't make the finals the next season. But having said that, there's there's plenty for them to be optimistic about. Mm. Um, you know, although what I think cost them is um, no Naboo and Marquis like Vargas and Jair not firing and Roy Donovan going missing and Dimi Petrados not being well supported. Like New- Newcastle love a, a Brazilian Marquis who doesn't perform right. I love it. <laughs> uh, so obviously that's what what cost them this season. But as I said, plenty to look forward to. And I mentioned this in in previous weeks' podcasts. They've got a good crop of young players. Um, Joey C's developed this season, even though he's had injury. Uh, you've got the Port Macquarie Pele, Angus Thurgate. <laughs> uh, you've got um, Ivan Vujica. Uh, you've got Johnny Katrumbus, uh, and you've got Kane Shepherd, uh, who's who's still only twenty five, um, who who looks to have made the step up from MPL as well. So that's a, that's a good crop of, of youngsters who are all developing um, and. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll take that club forward. So there's there's plenty there to be excited about. And Ernie Merrick is a quality manager for A League level. Um, but yeah, I think it's a it's a bit of an underachievement from Newcastle. But like, I hope they can they can be challenging and pushing to make finals next season. Mm-hmm. Western Sydney uh, have a big rebuild to do, um, and huge. They were um they were a little bit down on where they went last season. I, I actually felt like this, this season felt to me like a massive dip from last season but actually they only finished in 7th last season on 33 points and this season they finished on 8th in 24 points and I think that's slightly flattering to them because they did have a late season surge but what did you what do you think cost them this season? Look it's an, it's another season away from uh, their home so we, we talked about um, being nomads uh, earlier in the pod uh, along with uh, one of one of the two Sydney clubs that were nomadic this, this year I think that really hurts them, um, and they also lost. They've lost a lot of that uh, active support, which made them so hard to go to for visiting teams. Um, hopefully, that that uh, will be normal. Service will resume uh, next season with the return to the uh, to the new Parramatta Stadium, um, and I think that actually could be key to to their to their success um, of people getting around that new stadium. And look, I think at first there's going to be a lot of people that will rock up just because it's a brand new stadium and they want to check it out. Um, but they really need to be generating that same amount of noise that they were, I guess, back in the glory days of uh, Western City Wanderers. 
Um, Did you say the glory day? The Perth glory day. Yeah, I know. I realised as I said that, I'm like, oh, God, Colby's going to pick me up on that. Um, What else? So, uh, Marcus Bell, I guess, he's really kind of been a bit of a... Been hit and miss, hasn't he? Like, uh, it sounds like... He, he was not impressed with a lot of what he saw, both from the players and the attitude and the training. Uh, he fell out with uh, Bam Johan as well, uh, who looks like he'll move on, um, and basically just slammed the players midway through the season, saying that was like spoiled and didn't really want it enough. Um, so, yeah, look, it's, it's pretty hard for him to recover from that. Um, there's a bit of a lack of quality in the squad as well. Um, Big recruiting job to do next season. Big rebuild. Huge, yeah. Uh, I guess, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how ba- uh, uh, Babel does with that rebuild because it's not not often that uh, I guess you get an opportunity to really build a squad in that in that way. So, yeah, look, he's um, I, I believe been empowered to to do that to to completely overhaul that squad, and I think the Wanderers will be better for it next season with I guess um, uh, him him leading that that off season rebuild. Gave him a C, C, yeah. which is pretty much as high as, uh, sorry, as low as as I go. Besides, um, what I guess uh, Fulham in the in the Premier League, I I, I gave him a C minus. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's an underachievement for me from from the Wanderers. Um, what, what I think led to that was the players that they brought in. They're A League transfers, so you you brought in Fitzgerald, Kamau, Tongik. All of them failed. Tongik ended up at the Raw at the end of the season, and then the, and then the Raw cut him as well. So, yeah. uh, and then the foreigners that you brought in didn't have an impact. Ziegler especially did not have an impact. Um, he was injured for a little bit of the season, and and Bamiohan, look, we we all thought that he looked a quality player, but Bamiohan uh, just wasn't uh, the, the kind of player that um, that Babel wanted. Um, so they they all really flopped, and then you had Yenyedovic who was shaky for over half of the season, just just absolutely shitting the bed for many of those games and they the whole team really just didn't look up to the fitness and the intensity that that bubble wanted um uh, some silver linings for them i thought kwame yaboa looked looked quite good when he came in for them mm-hmm. um he looked uh, looked pretty positive um uh bubble seems to love keanu bacchus for some weird reason <laughs> like I've no idea but mitch duke looked, looked does very, he think he's the one <laughs> mitch duke looked uh the one bacchus Looked very good. I think, sorry, I'm gonna have to spell it out. Did, for I, did I lose? It was the, it was a Matrix reference. Oh, oh Keanu! God, that's a very sorry, niche mate. reference. Wow. Well, well, I spelled it out for geez. you because you were looking at me like, ha ha ha. Don't know where to go after that. <laughs> wow. Uh, look, next what, season. What is the A League? What is the Matrix? Um, <laughs> Like big, big rebuild. They they're going to be in the new stadium next year. Pressure's going to be on Bubble now because he's had a season. They've they've underachieved. They they you know their fans were were pretty much deserting them this season. The the RBB was a shadow of its its former glory. Um, so hopefully it'll all come together off the back of uh you know a big rebuild from Bumyohan and the, and the excitement that hopefully from Babel. The new uh, Babel Bamyohan thought he ran the team, but yeah. you know, he didn't evidently. Um, but yeah, what what Babel can sort of build up in in that new stadium next year? <clears throat> they've they've cleared out pretty much 
half of the squad. Only the Roar, I think, did a bigger clear out. And then they've recently they've lost their their captain, Brendan Hamill, who's off to Western United as well, who I'm pretty, pretty sure have like filled out just about an entire squad now. Well, so they've got more players than, got than the more Wanderers. More players do. than the Wanderers and the Roar. So, the uh, the, the Rondoers? The Rondoers. I mean, they could combine and they could still probably wouldn't make a team at the moment. Um, why don't we move on to the Brisbane Roar, who finished ninth um, after finishing sixth and scraping into finals last season. They finished the season in ninth uh, this this year on 18 points. Um, Tommy, why don't you start us off and... Yeah, you, I think you're still only just getting out of the fetal position from uh, Brisbane Roar's uh, season that they've just had. Um Look, I think in terms of disastrous seasons, this was probably only beaten by Fulham's just horror of a season. Um, so many injuries. Uh, obviously, Aloisi got sacked um, as well. Uh, the new manager hasn't really set the world on fire and he knows that he's only there uh, until Robbie Fowler comes in uh, at the end of the season to, to take over, I guess, the rebuilding effort. Um but yeah, so many injuries and so many older players who just haven't really done a job for, for the Raw. Um, club needs a huge shake-up. And look, they've to be fair, they've uh, pretty much only kept about, what, five players yes. from the season squad and they've just said, all right, we'll just it's just a, burn the thing down and we'll start again. That which basically, yes. pretty much what they needed to do because there wasn't a lot of positives out of this Raw, raw squad. There have been some young players who uh, I'm a little bit surprised haven't been held on to, like uh, I think Joe Coletti's moved on. Um, it's a little bit disappointing, I think. I'm di- I'm personally disappointed about that one as well because I, you know, I remember watching him um, three or four years ago. At Look, the, looked like the next. Uh, he was the, he the, was the Joey's captain. He was the Joey's captain at the um, at the Under Seventeens World Cup. He looked a player. We yeah. signed him young, and I thought, you know, he's going to be the next midfielder for could us, be, who's going to go on to be a Socceroo. Could and, be the next Mark Milligan, but instead he's turned into the next Kaz Patafta. Oh, wowee. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, it's still young, so let's not, let's not go those areas yet. But, um, (laughs) what a call. Um, but he, he really just had his head turned mid season. I think he got an, he got an offer or he got a sniff from a club in Japan or something like that. Cause obviously he came through the technical school Ah, system in uh Japan, uh uh, half Japanese. Um, so, and and since then, he just didn't really look like he wanted to be there. And to be fair, neither did three quarters of the squad. They all looked disinterested and they were all having the... They were all... You could see they were all feeling this season from hell. And um, look, what like to recap, it was the, the first failure to make finals or failure to make finals for the first time since 09-10. Wow. So it's like a long time ago, years. right? Yeah. Worst defensive record in A-League history was 71 <laughs> goals conceded. Worst, That's outrageous. Worst uh, home defeat in A-League season uh, for the Raw, 6-1 to the Jets. Active support, the Den disbanding. They had the spine ripped out of their team or walked out of the team halfway through the season. Taggart only played 18 of 27 games and still mm. finished in sixth in the Golden Boot, mind you. Uh, Mork only had four appearances. That was the Raw's longest contract. Papadopoulos only had nine appearances. He was the Raw's best defender. No no defenders, no back four stability. The foreign players didn't work. Mickelson, Lopez. As you said, Tommy, the aged like the aging squad was still transitioning out, which I think was fair. Like you had Mackay and Rike uh retire at the end of the season. 
Uh, Thomas Christensen's gone now. And then there were all the injuries with Mork out for the season, Devere out for most of the season, Hingit, O'Toole and Holman all having wow. season-like ending injuries. And then you had a coach that was sacked in December and it took them three months to announce the next coach. So like massive, massive, massive underachievements to a three-time championship winning club so like you, you can't you can't give them any more than like a rock bottom score for that that's an yeah. f that's the worst season in the in the club's history yeah and and i guess um we've also seen that um it's so hard to stay at the top level in the a league because of the salary cap and um i guess even um sydney and victory have kind of bucked the trend of of teams kind of bottoming out and they've managed to, to stay at a pretty pretty bloody high level now for, for quite a while. It's a real credit to those clubs. Like, they are really, really well-run clubs. True, but but even Sydney did have a couple of pretty uh, pretty lean years, whereas the victory, I guess, less so in the last, uh, longer than sort of five years. But they are, they are pushing that sort of idea of uh, a window of success. Um, they've really... Uh, stretched those windows, uh, whereas, yeah, with the raw... They're, they're very much outside of a finals window right now and just are in a, in a rebuilding phase. Uh, so, yeah, look, hopefully for, for Raw fans um, and, and Colby's, uh, I guess, morale, that they're able My to... My sanity. Yeah, <laughs> that they're able to, uh, I guess, build a, a coherent squad with... Uh, and, and I guess able to not necessarily make finals, but are able to to build on something. There's just no idea what you're going to get with with Fowler. Is it just going to be a sort of like could be a rock show, or it could be like a sugar hit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good. So uh, like, yeah, like you would hope that his name and profile can attract some quality players to the club, but he like he He might attract some complete spuds as well. He not only needs to bring in some quality players, he needs to overhaul the same squad. He's he's essentially got the same job as Babel does at the Wanderers. So Mm, tough, isn't it? They've cleared out three quarters of the squad for him to do so. So, and I'm worried as well because like you've got. Club club legend Shane Stefanuto, Stefanuto, who's just been promoted to the role of football director, and I'm like, that's that's very grim because like full, full like, respect great, to the great guy, servant for the club, but yeah. wow, I don't know if he's a football director. Yeah, he's obviously pulled the wool over someone's eyes, <laughs> or maybe was seen as a cheap option from the club. Who knows? Yeah, was the backery still in charge at at uh, the Raw? Sadly, yes. Oh, well, sadly, yes, they are. Um, <laughs> Speaking of uh, sad state of affairs, <laughs> we'll, we'll round out with the Mariners who um, somehow managed to have a worse season than last season where they finished rock bottom on 20 points. This season, they finished rock bottom on just 13 points. Ugh, grim, isn't it? <laughs> How could you support this club? Like, they've been... And they've got a number of loyal fans who are still turning up week in, week out, like, they do say that uh, the sunshine is brightest after the rain. And, uh, yeah, they've had a lot of rain there in the last couple of years. Yes. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I do feel for Central Coast supporters. Um, they're starting to get into the same territory that uh, the Phoenix were in a couple of years ago where people are saying, what does this team bring to the league? Mm. But, um, yeah, look, I, I think um, uh, Alan Sajic seems to have done a pretty decent job since he's since he's got he's some good in. results in the yeah, short term, good, didn't he? Yeah, and but obviously that's a different kettle of fish to uh, trying to 
uh, build a squad, build, uh, I guess, change the culture there as well. And we, um, obviously, Stadic, um was most recently sacked from his job uh, as the Matildas coach because of problems with the culture. So whether or not there, how much truth there is in that, mm. it, it's still... We still don't know it the still answer makes to that, by the way. Sort of yeah. plot point in itself um, that he will be responsible for, I guess, uh, working hard at uh, changing the culture at the Mariners and, and developing a winning culture, I guess. Uh, look, in in terms of them, though, look, yeah, very few positives from this season. Matt Simon was their top goal scorer with eight. Yeah, tough season. Uh, Ross, the Ross McCormack experiment uh, basically was a horrible waste of everyone's time. Uh, I'm not sure how committed he really was to the project. And then when he realised what he walked into, he probably went, oh my goodness, what have I done? Uh, premiership winning coach uh, Mike Mulvey wasn't able to turn things around either, which probably doesn't bode particularly well for his long-term prospects either. Yeah, it's a bit of a poison chalice. It like, is. I just hope it doesn't ruin Stadger's career, well, at least basically. He was, he was coming, I guess, from a, a point of weakness. So, yeah. like, almost any any progress is going to be good for him. Um, what else? Uh, but, yeah, look, they, they really do urgently need to break this cycle of mediocrity that they now have. And, look, I, I would say that next season, their goal needs to be just to finish above Western United. I think if they're able to finish above Western United, let's it, it, let's wait for our uh, season preview. But wow, we uh, based on the current state of it, I think Western United are going to going to be challenging for finals based on their squad and and with with Mark Rodan. Wow, we not not unreasonable to uh, I think to come to that conclusion. But the um, Mariners are the Mariners are going to you know finish worse because they're going to finish eleventh instead of tenth. <laughs> They're going to go further, down. And there's further to go. <laughs> I did love, um, I, I guess, shout out to A-League memes for uh, the continuing update of the um, Central Coast uh, continuing, uh, hitting rock bottom and continuing to di- dig memes. Uh, yeah, that... I think that was made by a Mariners fan. By oh, like, really? Yeah. yeah. Right. Credit to whoever made it, but... It was some, it, like... Poor Mariners fan. It's like I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna have to keep updating this yeah. because it's like we're getting worse and worse. They keep finding new lows. <laughs> uh, what did you rate them, Tommy? Uh, I gave him a C, which look, <laughs> it, it was the same as uh, same as Brisbane and Western Sydney Wanderers. So if you put, you it know, in, you can go lower than C, right? <laughs> yeah, I know that now. Oh. Um, yeah, look, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it, I, I put them down as the same as Western Sydney Wanderers and Brisbane. So, jeez, no so way, way, no way did they have as good a season as as the the Wanderers? Like the Wanderers Ooh. can at least sort of what hold their head they? up about it. You know, they've still got a a great manager and a brand new stadium for next season. Uh, you know, a crop, it's about this season, Colby. Crop of players are okay. I don't know, like. Um, yeah, well, I guess if there was one positive to come out of the Central Coast season, Wanderers won games. They conceded less goals than Brisbane, so <laughs> baby steps, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you have to you have to look at silver linings like that, don't you? <laughs> um, I I'm think, so glad I don't support Central Coast. I think you've pretty much said it all, Tommy. The McCormack or Mulvey experiment didn't work. The Bolt experiment was, uh, you know, an, an embarrassing distraction. Thirteen, not just embarrassing for. For uh, Central Coast, but embarrassing for the league. In they've some been ways. they've been rated worse. We're talking about these these rankings that have been released. They've been rated worse than like four NPL teams, yeah, um, you know, which has reignited the yeah. debate for promotion relegation. Yeah. Um, you know, their their best player and their their sort of club best player of the season was Aidan O'Neill, who will probably go back to Burnley, yeah. his parent club, after his loan. 
I think even he didn't necessarily set the world on fire either. Like he I think came he was, with, I think he was great. I think he was fantastic. He, and he, he came in with high expectations, team. though. But he um, scored like six goals or something from defensive midfield. Mm, I mean, mm. uh, that's just an afternoon at Eltham for you. But like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. He did well. I was, I was very impressed with with Aiden O'Neill and seeing him here for a season on loan. And I'm, I'm very uh, excited to see what his his future brings. But he was one of the one shining lights, save for you know maybe someone like a Jem Karachan, like who was mm. who 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 looks looks a, a decent player. Um, when you've got Kai Rolls signing on as your, your sort of main defender for next season, you know you're in a bit of trouble. Um, I, I, I fear for them. I fear for them. I gave him an F. So I, you just you can't get any lower than that. Like it's just because there's a lack of progress as well, isn't there? Like oh, there's there's no, they're going backwards. Yeah. A silver lining um, for them is that um, you know Stadge has now got the job permanently. We we still don't know what's going on with Mike Phelan. Um, like he's he's stuck between a. You know, a sort of shitstorm at United, and then an which even bigger, rebuild does he want to concentrate on? An even bigger shitstorm back at the Mariners, but they haven't made a decision on his future yet, and whether he's been he's going to be appointed as the assistant to uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer next year at United. So, um, it just feels like for the Mariners that they've had, just had their heart ripped out every season, mm. like mm. just losing these key players. And this season, they've got their two best players leaving, like Matt Miller, their breakout player from the MPLs going to one of their main rivals in Newcastle and then Aidan O'Neill, their best player, um, is, is probably going to go back to, to his parent club. So, um, it reeks of mismanagement, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, at least, at least I guess you can say they've, they've, yeah, they've, they've got stadge. That's the, that's the only thing. And hopefully he can get in a couple of players and, and make something of this, this rabble. Wow. What a note to end on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're not ending here, listeners. We we are we are gonna uh, we are going to review the grand final and that will be coming up next. All right, Tommy. So we've just watched the uh, the end of another marathon uh, elite grand final. Um, how are you feeling? How are you feeling after extra time and, and penalties and, and Perth? Uh, just just shitting the bed again for the fourth time. <laughs> the fourth straight season. For the fourth straight finals uh, appearance, uh, sorry, I should say. <laughs> Use your words. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a real grind of a game. Like, two teams that effectively cancelled each other out, I thought. Like, to use um, that particular cliche, I guess. Um, I, I thought um, both teams were both solid, but, but didn't really create, um, I guess, a lot of chances. Uh, I guess that was partially down to good defending um but i guess uh also both teams didn't like to flood forward either so it was it's cagey in the traditional sense of a final wasn't it exactly yeah like um and look we've been spoiled lately in the last couple weeks with like some amazing just late goals and comebacks and and the like but i guess um yeah we've we've used all of them up recently yeah um, and even the uh, even the Perth Adelaide uh, shootout, you know, had some had some more saves in it. And yeah. I mean, like I, I hate to phrase it in these terms, but the the right team ended up winning at the end. Yeah, and oh. I sort of I sort of have walked away from that match feeling like that the right team didn't win. I'm sure Sydney FC fans won't be too happy to hear that. And um, uh, you know, given the uh, early uh, controversial VAR decision in in the first half. Um, Sydney will feel like this is probably justifiably theirs to win, or it was it was sort of their match that they they deserve to win. Given Perth didn't uh, score a goal in in extra time and uh, in regular time, and um, uh, 
and Sydney uh, did, but for VAR. Yeah, and, and you know what? That's probably a good point. Like, I think there's only really a couple of sort of uh, notable talking points to this game. The first one is is that VAR, to, well, that that decision by the refereeing uh, to disallow that that goal um, is um, it, it, it was a close call to the naked eye, and um, I think um, the the referees made the made the correct decision with the naked eye. But then, if you go and look at it. Um, on, on VAR, you can see that, yes, whilst it's not an, an, an enormous error, that's that's why they have VAR, so that you can make those split-second line, line of calls, I guess. Um, it, lo- it looked like the wrong decision when watching it back on the VAR. In real time, it looked offside, but then looking at it on the VAR replay, which the ref had the benefit of, it looked clearly uh, onside. So. Yeah, and, and look, it, it was very close, I, I guess... I think um, they didn't overturn it because it wasn't a clear and obvious error. It was still very, very close. But, like, and I guess that's one of the issues with VAR. Like, um, when when the ball crosses the line, it's clear. Um, when when there's a, a massive gap that the referee hasn't seen or the referee has missed an incident, yep, that's perfect application of VAR. But in this instance, it was really, really close and it, it was still very much like a line a line decision and I guess uh, VAR is uh, the uh, the referee in the box has determined that it basically the error wasn't or, or the the difference um, in what he saw versus what the call was wasn't enough for it to be a clear and obvious error which yeah a little bit puzzling but that's, that's the way it crumbled in the end that's the way it panned out in the end I should say yeah, uh, that, that's right. And uh, look, I'm glad. I'm just glad that it's not. And I think a lot of people will be glad that it's it's just not another uh, championship that's decided by the VAR. I don't. I don't think we we could have really taken that again in the circumstances. And there was certainly some hysteria uh, from the Fox crew and uh, and on Soccer Twitter at halftime. <laughs> no so I'm glad that um, I'm glad that we that that wasn't the story coming out of this. Yeah, and look, that's that's a good point. Like. Um... To be fair, like Glory still weren't able uh, to, to score for the remainder of the, the next 90 minutes, um, given that it happened about look, half half an hour into the game. So, yeah, look, um, they, they can't really blame uh, like VAR or anything like that for this one. Um, whereas uh, then I guess if you, you fast forward probably to the next talking point, which was um, uh, really, I think, the shootout. Yeah, um, if you you fast forward to that, you you really see a, a couple of um, uh, the the first one uh, that was Redmayne's kind of like odd, like dance little dance about, dancing about. Yeah, like um, it'd be interesting to see if um, like, is he allowed I'm to pretty, do that? Yeah, well, I was thinking the same. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's fine, but I, I'm sure I'm certain there's going to be a point when someone says. Oh yeah, we actually we're not a huge fan of that, <laughs> as as in from a rules perspective. So yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if if that happens. If if a lot of goalkeepers start to do that that sort of um, shit housery, but I guess the um, and, and then you had uh, Santa Lab, and then you've which, got him uh, trying a panenka for his last ever touch oh. in professional football, and it was really just a chip into the hands of the goalkeeper. So <laughs> yeah, and geez, that was that was ugly. That was. That is not how you want to go out. That's not how you want to lose a grand final. That's oh geez, it's I'm I would not want to be him uh, heading home this evening. I'm sure his teammates won't blame him or anything like that. But 
Oh, jeez. I feel for the guy. And what, what did you think of uh, this, this match, this grand final uh, in the new Optus Stadium and over in Perth, uh, hosting it hosting it over there? What did you think of the whole thing as a spectacle? Yeah, I, I got the impression that there was a lot of, uh, a lot of noise in the stadium, that the atmosphere was good. Um, I didn't get the best impression uh, that the pitch was in great nick. It seemed a lot of players were slipping over. One, I think the first penalty taker, he slipped over as well. Uh, I think it was the Sydney first Sydney penalty taker. Yeah, Adam Lafondra um, had a little slip, but um, still yeah. buried it. And... Yeah. Um, but I guess it, it does come back to something that we've talked about a couple of times before, and that's just A-League pitches in general just aren't in particularly very good condition. And, and this, was, this was, I guess, a very deliberate decision to, to pack out a massive stadium for the grand final. I think it was a, a an A League grand final record as well, with um, sort of a little bit over fifty six thousand there. I mean, Optus Stadium certainly looked uh, pretty full. Yeah, and, and so we were. Um, uh, I agree that, um, like, uh, from from a, a commercial perspective, obviously it's great for the FFA. There's obviously a lot of people that probably otherwise wouldn't be attending uh, games. Oh, definitely, you game. definitely got that sense. Uh, yeah, it, it almost it almost looked a little bit like a like a big Socceroos uh, World uh, World Cup qualifier or something like that, with the crowd singing "Ole Ole Glory Glory" and like doing Mexican waves. And I, I sort of, yeah. I, I, I almost had to just look at check the color of the shirts to just make sure it wasn't a you know big Socceroos World Cup qualifier. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? And that's that's always, I guess, the danger. But look, there's a lot of people that would have gone to that game and thought, well, hey, actually, this, this atmosphere is better than, like, a Socceroos game. Like, maybe I'll go along to this more often. Yeah, and Tony Sage came out on, on social media or, or at some some point in the media, I mean, he was he was doing the rounds, pumping this up, and, and good on him. But he did yeah. say that he, he'll, he'll be getting in touch with every single Perth fan who, who came into the grand final and sort of, you know, personally asking them to... To, to sign up uh, as a member for next season. So uh, l- let's hope that, uh, you know, he, he gets a few over the line. That's great. And I guess this is, like, we, we talked um, uh, earlier today about how a lot of teams didn't really get a bounce back from, uh, or didn't, didn't get a bounce after the, um, uh, what's it called, after the uh, World Cup mm. in a sort of memberships and attendance this season. Um, but this kind of thing, that this this could help uh, Perth uh, with sort of memberships and the like for, for the next sort of uh, possibly two years even. Yeah. Uh, and, and finally, um, just, just wrapping up um, on this grand final and, and sort of casting our eye back to the, the season reviews um, early, earlier on in, in the ep, um, does, this, does this change any of your end-of-season thoughts, in particular, obviously, for, for Perth or Sydney? Does that sort of change your where you graded them? I, look, I, I think inside the club, this will obviously change how they feel about their season. But, but ultimately, like it's it's one match. Yeah, there's a there's a um, you get a trophy out of it. But um, I guess the, the the big thing is that you play 27 games over the course of the season, and that's like really how you how you need to judge whether or not you succeed and whether or not your season has been a success or not. I, I don't think you could um, you could mark down. Uh, Perth for uh, not getting a, uh, a result in uh, the match tonight um, or, or mark up Sydney significantly because they did get a, a result tonight um, just because of how, how this panned out. I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with how I rated it. Yeah, 
it's just like they missed out on the cherry on top of a of a fantastic season for Perth, and that that's sort of what I was saying about them in my season review. Look, I, I gave them yeah. an A, and you know if they run, if they won the grand final tonight, I think that'd be an A plus season. But take nothing away from from their brilliant season, and and they they were clearly the best team throughout the season. Sydney did peak at the right time, um, as we said last week. They they pumped the victory six one in their semi final, and they they saved their best football. Um, for when it counts, and that's um, that's what they've been doing um, basically since the start of the A League. So yeah. we shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, exactly. Um, and look, I think Perth still going to come back next season and be really strong. And I think they're going to give the Asian Cup, uh, sorry, the Asian Champions League, a real real tilt. Yeah. It's going to be great to watch. Looking forward to next season already. Well, that's all we've got time for. Uh, thanks everybody again for listening and tuning in. Uh, this is now final episode for the season. Uh, in fact, we'll be back next week to preview the Champions League final and uh, whatever else has caught our attention in the world of football. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to catch up with us, you can always get us on our Twitter or Facebook page at More Than A Game Podcast. Uh, we'll be also back for a final episode the week after uh, next week with a Champions League review and looking forward to the Women's World Cup in France. Um, but until next week, enjoy the football. Thank mm-hmm. you.